Hey guys, I'm Raul Coley and I am Arthur Vader, a weird terrier apparently. My name is Ayanna White, I'm a writer for iZombie. Hi, I'm Molly Hagan, I play Liv's mom on iZombie. And you're listening to the iZombie podcast. Is that really how you're going to sit? Can't you sit up? Sit up? Sit up? You're listening to a season one episode of the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph. We're a fan podcast dedicated to the hit CW show, iZombie. The season one episodes begin and end abruptly, so we hope you'll forgive us. In this episode, we discuss iZombie trade paperback number two, You Vampire, with special guest Claire Lafar. Right now, we're preparing for the show by taking a monthly look at the DC Vertigo comic, iZombie. In this episode, we'll be looking at the second trade paperback of four called You Vampire. But first, let me introduce our guest today from Intro to X and the upcoming Defenders podcast, Claire. Hey, it's me again. Yay. Yay. Yay me. <laughs> Our resident comics nerd. I'm excited. I like, I love recording with you guys about comics. It's we love it too. Yeah. It, it, it's good to have somebody who's, awesome. I mean, you're, you obviously been probably reading comics longer than what? Well, I mean, I think I've been reading comics all my life, but I don't think I've been that steady with it as I've been like in the last few years. So it's, <laughs> it's good to have a resident nerd. <laughs> Spoilers! I was at the comic book shop today. Is that a spoiler for something? <laughs> Is this the comic yes. book store Joss Whedon frequents when he's filming in England? He was not there today, um, but it is. All right. Awesome. Well, good. Glad to Ray have you all comics. here. Check it out. Glad to have you all here for our monthly podcast. Uh, can't wait for that uh, series to premiere. We still have no premiere date yet. We don't have a premiere date because we don't have any cancellations yet. Well, not that I want things to get canceled. Let me do some quick news before we get into our discussion. Um, go to facebook.com slash Podcast. You'll find that um, I'm constantly posting things on that page, like at least every other day or even more. Um, I did have an awesome time um, post-Halloween to post all the Halloween pictures from the iZombie set and people that are involved with iZombie. Um, those that didn't see that, um, nice. Ro- Rose McIver went as a pirate. Uh, Raul <laughs> Coley went as Daniel LaRusso. Uh, Robert Buckley went as Ken from Street Fighter. And Malcolm Goodwin was dressed up as DCI John Luther, which is awesome. <laughs> nice! So. <laughs> so go to our page and see all those pictures there. Um Follow us at iZombie Podcast. These uh, these two places will not only give you cool iZombie stuff to look at, but will also give you the latest on what's going on with the show, especially since uh, we're kind of a monthly podcast till it premieres, so you won't really get too much up-to-date information <laughs> from just And we still podcast. don't know when it's going to premiere, but when we do, we will definitely let you know. Yeah. Um, we'll try at least. Last I read, they're on. They're right now. They're filming uh, episode nine of a planned thirteen episode uh, half season. So. Oh, because yeah, because it's well, it's probably going to be a mid season show now. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. So, now it's pretty safe to say it probably will only be mid season, if anything. So it's kind of funny. They're probably going to be like just done shooting by the time this thing actually premieres. So probably, yeah, yeah. Um, episode titles keep popping up on IMDb. Um, we got episode four, "Live and Let Clive." And episode five, live until you die. <laughs> and number six is um, virtual reality bites. Ooh. And um, the latest uh, guest spot information I have, um, Aaron Douglas actually just shot a guest spot. Um, and do you guys remember who Aaron Douglas is? Mm. Uh, from BSG. No. That's right. BSG, you yeah. win. Uh, <laughs> you play Chief Tyrell. So. You win. You're the winner. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yay. So that should be cool. All right. So that's it for the news. There really isn't much. <laughs> they're filming. They're filming. And I don't know. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And, <laughs> you know, you'll see me retweeting stuff and refacebooking stuff. Question mark. Uh, so <laughs> today uh, we're going to be doing uh, You Vampire. <laughs> Claire's on a bit of delay. So uh, you'll you'll hear uh, delayed laughter. Hopefully it's most of my jokes. Um, <laughs> um, so... Uh, you Vampire collects uh, issues 6 through 12. <laughs> <laughs> that was on purpose. <laughs> um, issue 6 through 12 of iZombie, <laughs> as well as a uh, short iZombie story from the House of Mystery Annual number 2. And we'll start with that. It's called Devil's Lake. 
So I figured we'd just kind of go issue by issue and just see what you guys thought of each little issue. So Devil's Lake is a, is a flashback in Gwen's life all the way back to Halloween 2001 when uh, Gwen is like a freshman in high school. What'd you guys think of this? I think the little kid in the tire is really creepy and looks a bit like Uncle Fester. <laughs> I was like, ugh. Yeah, the way cool. he's drawn freaked me out. <laughs> I wonder if that's how other if it, if that character is going to be in the show. If that's how it's going to look. Oh, if the uh, monster is going to be in the show. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I like that we've got an old-fashioned creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> like you know, we've got a mummy, and I think we joked last month about getting a creature from the Black Lagoon, and now we have one. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, this whole thing is based on an actual legend. Uh, there is an actual Devil's Lake in Eugene, Oregon. And um, there's an actual legend about um, Fleetfoot uh, and the, his tribe of men. Uh, they were basically killed by a tentacle monster. And to uh, keep it at bay, the tribe uh, chanted and banged on drums on the edge of the lake until, uh, until dawn and gave away um, uh, ritual sacrifices. And it wasn't clear exactly if those sacrifices were um, real people or like animals or what. <laughs> But the legend maintains that those who cross the waters in the moonlit chill of night will still feel a tingle of fear as they cross the center of the lake. Mm. And I thought this was kind of cool. I mean, I like how Trisha and Darius, uh, two characters that we see later, um, are both like super scared and Gwen is not scared. And it's because basically 9-11 happened a month earlier. And so she's just like, this is BS. There's yeah. actually real terror in the world. And I like that the, the Native Americans they come back later. Or like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like bookended. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a story at the end, too. Yeah. And we get a nice little creepy thing where um, Gwen tosses a rock saying there's no such thing as monsters and there's no splash because the creature caught the rock. Mm. A regular little fluky living in the lake. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I was disappointed about this, uh, this it was called Devil's Lake and... From the looks of uh, the images I've seen from the pilots, um, Devil's Lake factors into the origin of how Gwen becomes a, a zombie, or at least Liv becomes a zombie. Liv is the character in the TV show, because she like wakes up in a body bag on the side of a lake. Oh, that's something. <sighs> Much like Laura Palmer. No, <laughs> zombie Laura Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I guess they're, I mean, this was published in House of Mystery Annual Number 2, so I guess they're just, they're going to save Gwen's origin for um, uh, the actual comic. I mean, it seems like they got a lot of stuff to work out. She's still trying to remember things, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool, though, that these zombies, like, are not stupid zombies. Mm-hmm. You know, like, some zombies are stupid. I'm not trying to insult zombies. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> zombie all community. the zombies that are listening right now. <laughs> the zombie community might be after us now. Um, That's but, racist. Like, um, right. We're prejudiced. Um, but these zombies are intelligent zombies, which yeah. is actually different. Well, I mean, they... they I mean, no, I guess not, but it's like, I mean, as far as zombies go, I guess it's different. They have their, they have their original brain. It's not like they're like super smart, but like as yeah. they're needing brains, they, they start losing their minds slowly and not remembering things. So, um, let's move on mm -hmm. to probably my favorite issue out of this entire book. Uh, I wear Terrier, who he is and how he came to be. Number six. Finally, we find out. <laughs> The secret origin of Scott slash Spot. And why a terrier? I love Scott. <laughs> In this, we see that, um, you know, his, uh, he had a pretty much a normal, nerdy life. And um, what happens is he, he finds a dying dog on the side of the road. And I kept looking at these panels when he reaches out to touch this dog. Did he get bit or did it? Because he says something about a jolt of static electricity. Uh... From this panel, I don't know. It that could be blood. Yeah, like, I don't think he got be... bit. Okay. Yeah. See, I wasn't sure because I was yeah, like, that... it, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't sure if uh, th this uh, this undersoul can be transferred through a bite, which is kind of normal for like a werewolf kind of thing, or if it it just kind of leaps into your body. Yeah, I guess it just leapt because it doesn't say that he got bit. But that panel, it shows... And that's like, what happens with the granddad. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, granddad is actually the voice of Scott's favorite cartoon, Mr. Chimps. <laughs> and 
And uh, it's just funny how it turns out that he ends up being the thing he hates, which is being inside a monkey, being a talking monkey at the end. I like the idea that he has this... Uh, the grandpa is like just following Scott around as a soul and Scott goes to their one of their favorite places to go as a kid the zoo and all of a sudden just kind of gets sucked into a monkey he doesn't even plan on it he's like all of a sudden he's like oh my god I'm a monkey <laughs> we also find out in this issue like that Scott how much of a Star Wars nerd Scott is which I loved because <sighs> Not only do we get Grandpa appear as a force ghost, yes. like very Obi-Wan Kenobi, but also we get the, the the exchange, the fantasy exchange between Scott and Gwen, I think, which is, I love you. I know. I, <laughs> I was like, oh, he's a Star Wars nerd. This is why it was like it. my favorite issue, because there were so many little uh, things, like Scott is so obsessed with comic books and cartoons and, and you know, yeah, fantasy Scooby stuff. Doo. Yeah, Scooby-Doo. That we get these mm. little things, like he imagines... Uh, for instance, uh, him and Gwen and Ellie, when he finds out that they are uh, not human either, that they're they turn themselves to uh, superheroes: Death Damsel, Ghost Girl, and Kid Canine. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And Kid Canine says, "Bub," like Wolverine. <laughs> and of course, he gets the girl in the end. Um, but yeah, I love I love yeah. that um, when Gramps dies, he imagines it as a Star Wars funeral, and you get that silhouetted Scott standing in front of his you know dead grandfather laying there. And it, you know, you, uh, to me, it was like the Star the Wars theme fire. started like playing in my head. You know, yeah. And his, and his granddad looks like um, Anakin. <laughs> yeah, the or whatever the real old Anakin, like uh, in Return of the Jedi before it was altered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No- Rubbish Hayden Christensen Anakin. <laughs> the way it looks on my VHSs that are in my closet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Um, couple things I uh, noticed. Uh, one thing I noticed, I guess I hadn't realized it before, but there's, there's this part where basically you see how Scott meets Gwen and Allie, where Scott basically just goes to Dixie's firehouse and he's just sitting and staring at them for days on end. <laughs> And so they show this panel, <laughs> these panels of them coming to Dixie's firehouse day after day. And I noticed that Ellie changes clothes. So can you, you must mm. be able to do that as a ghost. Do you have a ghost wardrobe or you just kind of imagine yourself in different clothes? I think you just kind of imagine yourself in different clothes. I like to think about it that way. I think that would, is just the neatest thing in the world if that's how it works. <laughs> That'd be awesome. So I'm going to decide that's how it works rather that's how it works. Or, or maybe that was just the easiest <laughs> way to show that it was different days. <laughs> I guess so, but I'm just, I guess I'm just kind of taking it literally, or I guess it's, yeah, well, just by looking at the pictures. Imagine if you're a ghost and you could just be like, all right, today I want to have a three-piece suit. <laughs> three-piece suit, boom. <laughs> wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that be freaking awesome if we could do that? <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. I could do that. <laughs> today like I Instead of having like to actually stuff. get dressed and go someplace, you could just like not have to worry about that. You just, you know, think about it. I want to be like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, remember? I'd never watch that show. Please let us, it inform oh, us. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Well, she there was like uh, the beginning um, opening credits was that she would like she was like changing her clothes, but with magic, like just thinking about what she wanted to be wearing and was wearing it. Mm-hmm. It was like in the, I think it was just in the beginning credits. I don't know if they necessarily ever showed it on the show, but yeah, <clears throat> it was kind of cool. And I was like, damn, I wish I could do that. Just turn yeah. around and all of a sudden be in a different outfit. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? So best thing about being a ghost so far <laughs> is being able to mentally change your outfits. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, actually that would probably be the highlight of it for me <laughs> everybody else be like oh you can do this you can do this absolutely like, you change your outfit without even moving yeah that's interesting ashley oh yes it is no. <laughs> <laughs> so dixie can see uh ellie can everybody see ellie i think so yeah oh okay yeah i think so um yeah because scott saw ellie and didn't even know she was a ghost she was just sitting there with gwen um, a couple other things I liked. I, I just like the fact that, you know, Scott opens up this issue saying, you know, basically introducing his secret origin. And from then on, you're like inside his mind. And the cover is like almost like a Scooby-Doo thing where Scott's standing in the middle, raising his head. And instead of like an ow coming out of his mouth, it just says arf. <laughs> 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 and uh, the Scooby-Doo thing later where 
you know, Scott imagines, you know, them as like the Scooby gang because he's doing research on John Amon and he fantasizes it like, oh, let's unmask this mummy. I like that Ellie was Daphne because Ellie kind of looks like Daphne already yeah. with the fashion. <laughs> yep. And poor Scott, he, he's, he's the reason that uh, Grandpa dies. He goes into his nursing home like when he's on the edge of death, and he's like, "Guess what? I'm a wear terrier." And there's undersoles and there's oversoles, and he's like, "What?" And he, and he <laughs> sorry, it's like dies. <laughs> so I wonder if like Scott telling his granddad about that made it possible for granddad to go in his undersole, yeah. oversole, whatever, to go into a chimp, or if because Scott had had that happen to him. And he was there that that allowed it to happen to Granddad. The knowledge of the rules allows you to become. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, you know, we see later with Elliot and her dad, she says she never saw her dad after he died. So, interesting. Mm. It's kind of sucks Well, you live forever, or you kind of live forever, but everybody else that's dead is still. I don't think I'd enjoy that much. I wonder if it's like an unfinished business kind of thing, but, I mean, the people that whose brains Gwen is eating have unfinished business too, but they don't rise from their graves as ghosts or anything like that. So I don't know. It's kind of gray on the rules. I don't know if we're going to get it any more clearer than that. Yeah. I guess it really, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, really. The, yeah. The story doesn't care about that. I guess. But you know, as people die, you're like, you wonder, Hey, are they going to come back or are they just dead, dead, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let's move on to the next issue. Issue number seven. Vampires are sucky. <laughs> Vampire Sting. <laughs> I love the cover on this. It's like, I always see this cover nope. pop up when searching <laughs> in images, uh, Google Images for iZombie. I, you see the cover of the zombie holding the human mask. It's creepy, but I think it's yeah, cool. That is, it's very pretty. Striking. Yeah. Pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> and Vampire Me is back. Yay! Yay! Vampire Claire wakes up with a, holy shit! <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> That is what my hair looks like when I wake up in the morning as well. So. <laughs> Mine too, and sometimes throughout the day. <laughs> <laughs> so we start off with uh, Sad Gwen thinking about Eugene Oregon's own um, Ken Kesey and his Merry Pranksters. I don't know if anybody read The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. I did as a teenager, and uh, that's what they, they just drove and did little pranks and stuff and had fun, did a lot of drugs. Is that what inspired you to go on your fish tour? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, we have John talking to Ellie and Ellie can't go anywhere. She can't remember. So John kind of gives her a way to go to different places, which is possessing people and making new memories. Like you need a, you need a mind, an actual uh, physical mind to make new memories, <laughs> I guess. His name is John. John Amon. Oh, okay. Oh, that's that's cool. why it's easy to remember because it rhymes. I think it's <laughs> no, I, seriously, like, I get so excited when there's like in, characters in books and TV shows have names that rhyme. Because <laughs> I will definitely remember. <laughs> well, maybe. I, we'll see. I don't like the way his face is drawn. No? Why is that? I don't know. He looks, he's not very detailed or something. Hmm. But I was, I was thinking about that, too, but I'm thinking maybe that's on purpose. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I can't. I've thought about that, too. I can't. Maybe it's like maybe. you're supposed to kind of draw your own conclusion as to what he completely, like, you know, looks like. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he's drawn like um, like those, uh, like, Egyptian paintings are drawn, you know? They're not exactly the very most detailed. And he's, he's an Egyptian slave by origin, so... I agree with what Steph said about John's face. I think that one of the problems I have sometimes with um, with books by this artist, I love this artist, Mike Ored, but um, a lot of the time his characters look quite similar. And there were a few times in this book that there was like a guy would appear and I'd be like, who is that? Is that John? Is that Horatio? Is that mm. um, the the boyfriend of um, the girl later? I can't remember his name, but they look very similar. And the same thing with the girls, so much so that with the vampires, it took me a while to realize that there was <laughs> twins in the vampire gang because there's two that are dressed exactly the same. But often his facial designs look very, very similar to each other. And it can be a bit confusing sometimes. I didn't even realize they're twins. <laughs> <laughs> I either. Um, 
Yeah, I'm always seeing, like, when they show flashbacks, I always go, is that Nemia? Is that Nemia? Before <laughs> she was a vampire, is that Nemia? But they're, they are a John kind of similar. It's the same thing when we when we meet the boyfriend, Francisco. It took me a minute to be like, oh, that's 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 Trisha's Francisco. Anyway, we'll get to yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Gwen is, uh, let's see, the... Basically, they're burying a body, but they find out that business has been slow because uh, it turns out this this uh, this girl we met at the end of the last comic, uh, Galatia. Uh, I, I wish I knew how to pronounce that name. You guys, the Galatia. I think it's Galatia. Galatia. That sounds good. <laughs> um, but we should all call her mistress. Um, <laughs> um, has been digging up bodies at, or or t- actually not digging up bodies but taking them out of the morgue before they can be buried and uh, Vampire Claire was one of them Yep, she actually dug up Vampire Claire so I guess she does both things <laughs> Vampire Claire is special <laughs> yeah um, Vampire Claire is going to be uh, Gal- Galatea god darn it <laughs> How do we say we're going to say that? Galatia. Mistress. Mistress. Galatia is a new uh, uh, helper, but she's going to be basically locked up until she needs her. Um, And also what happens in this is uh, Gwen eats uh, this lady's brain, Marion Nakagawa, who turns out to be the mother of her best friend, Trisha, who we met at Devil's Lake, the Devil's Lake little um, comic. Oh. You know, see, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I. That was after I reread. I was like, oh wait, oh okay, all right. <laughs> but oh, you left out the part about how Scott goes to the comic book store and meets somebody who um, likes his T-shirt. Yeah, Gavin. Yeah. The amateur comic artist. Was that Gavin? Yeah, that's Gwen's brother. Oh. Yeah, I'll, oh, I, cool. I don't know many guys that would grab another guy's hand and write their number on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. But hey. Maybe it's a huge. I think, I think he was, yeah, I think <clears> he was flirting each their with own. him. You think so? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I kind of picked up on that. Uh, I mean, his friend sure picked up on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe Scott I, 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 is pining of after Gwen. Mm-hmm. But ends up with her brother. That's a neat idea. The theory of the week. I don't know. It's weird. There, they they build up this whole thing <laughs> where um, Gwen is the object of Scott's fantasies, like literally in in the last issue. And then this whole—I don't know—it's kind of like a weird kind of chemistry between him and Gavin, and his friends constantly harping on him, calling him, calling him gay, you know. A stupid bro thing. It's mostly this Vincent character that's doing it. I don't think uh, Pascal really does it. Um, yeah. but, or excuse me, Patel, well, not Pascal. Um, I don't know. Maybe we're maybe we have a hint of things. Maybe Claire's theory will turn out to be correct. <laughs> but yeah, this is a lot of setup. Uh, we got paintball vampires ambushing Horatio and Diogenes as well. Um, but yeah, this is it. We're actually back into the actual story of the comic after two little origin things. Um, we're back into the story, and uh, I don't know, we can move on to the next issue. Um, issue number eight's Rumbling, and um, I used this cover as kind of a promotional art to say that we were recording for this uh, You Vampire thing because I, I like the whole vampire teeth closing in on Gwen. And I um, love this cover, yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> I think that John Amon's leopard friend is a is the the undersoul or the oversoul, I can't remember, <laughs> of his lover yes. and is now in the leopard because we see the woman in the flashback with the cat eyes, but mm-hmm. I feel like maybe it's the same situation as with grandpa. It's like his love and she's now on a leopard for some reason. It makes more sense now, and I think they were trying to get that across to us in how the panels were set up with them side by side, and how the leopard's eyes were the same as whoever, I don't know what the name, I, I looked back and forth in the comic to see if there's a name for the leopard or the lady, there wasn't any, so I just called her Leopard Lady. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, 
yeah, I, I really think that was implied. And, and if we get this mythology right, I believe it's the oversoul of Leopard Lady went into the leopard. <laughs> the oversoul would be. Because if it was if it okay. came from the leopard, it would be the undersoul or something. I don't know. <laughs> mm, okay. Um, what were you going to say, Ashley? I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I said, did I, did I mention this was the first, like, comic book series I ever really read? <laughs> really? Yeah, wow. I mean, I kind of, like, I mean, <laughs> the other one, I never really, like, and I thought I just wouldn't, like, be able to keep up with it, I guess, or I wouldn't mm-hmm. understand, because it's, like, so, they're smaller. They're not, like, books, books. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm finding this to be quite lovely. I'm finding it to be very interesting. Uh, comics are, it's intimidating because there's so much, and you don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing like a uh, like a Marvel, like trying to catch up with Marvel stuff because uh, there are all these movies, and I'm like, okay, what's this character about? What's this character about? So I'll get like so far in the Marvel timeline, and uh, then I realize, oh, I have to go back and reread th- or read this, and that's back. That starts back in the '70s, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm constantly going back. But uh, Ashley, you also host the Walking Dead podcast. I Is this do. Uh, kind of inspiring you to, to read that? I really, actually, I really want to read that. I wanted to read that before we even started this one. But um, nice. yeah, I was like, because I didn't know. I thought it was a book originally. I'm like, oh, it's a book. And they're like, no, it's not, <laughs> it's not a book. And I'm like, oh, the comic book series. I think that was when Dave and I were first starting the that podcast. We were mm-hmm. talking about this. I think he's read some. Um, he's read a couple of them. And then, um, yeah, I don't know how many, but um, then we do have people on our show who have read them like you <laughs> yeah so yeah um and i see, i remember i did think it was like a, a book series and I'm, then there, somebody told me like no it's not well there's a book series as well but yeah as well yeah there's what? the governor book the governor stuff yeah, yeah. oh the governor i love the governor too so now that's well, not what i, I don't mean you i love, love the governor like that i mean i yeah i guess i kind of do mean i love the governor like that but <laughs> sorry <laughs> That's really weird, guys. She loves Shane, too. I love Shane. Oh, my God. I would marry Shane, like, right now. (laughs) On the back of uh, You Zombie, actually, or (laughs) You Zombie, I Zombies, You Vampire, there's a review from USA Today. It says, get it if you're looking for a break from The Walking Dead. The story is funny, a little campy, and more groovy than gruesome. So they almost almost suggest that this I Zombie is a good companion to The Walking Dead. (laughs) Or the anti-Walking Dead. (laughs) Yeah, one of them. All right, so um, back to the comic. We have poor Gramps all cooped up with Scott. He can't go anywhere. He wants to smoke, but Scott won't let him smoke in the place. And then he's too panicked to let Gramps go outside and smoke. <laughs> so, And um, Gramps says that uh, going on with our, our, our Claire's theory from before, um, Gr- Gramps says that Scott doesn't like girls because he doesn't like fun. <laughs> <laughs> and if he went out and did more things, <laughs> that he might get a girlfriend. So, hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, Scott. Scott's going to be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm shipping it from this point. Scott and yeah. Gavin. Scavin. Scavin. <laughs> Anybody want to be a squen? Or or, or, or is everybody a uh, uh, Guaratio? Guaratio. <laughs> <laughs> um, we find out what's uh, what's Marion's deal. Uh, Marion Nakagawa um, argued with uh, her daughter Trisha over this boy, and then Trisha moved out, and uh, so Marion is sending Gwen to basically just say "I love you" and "I'm sorry" or whatever. Um, and but you know this is in the back of her head when she goes. Gwen goes on her date with uh, Horatio, and Marion's are already saying, "Oh, he's no good for you." Yeah, and I like that we we're finding out along with Gwen what the deal is with um, Marion Nakagawa. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if the series is going to be like that, where we get like little bits and pieces, and then it just starts to all come together towards the end of the episode. That would like, be good. I'd like yeah. that. Yeah, more uh, more on Galatia. Um, Galadia, they, John says something about Galadia being created by a doctor, and all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, she's got like Bride of Frankenstein hair. <laughs> yeah, and like said that she was assembled. Yeah. Like the word, the wording was something like assembled, and I was like, oh, she is the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, she said something like, I'm an, I, I didn't put myself together for this or whatever. I forget. <laughs> I didn't write out exactly, yeah. but yeah. And uh, she's talking about the coming of Zitalu. Which we'll know more about later, but yeah, Galadia is turning out to be a super big bad. She's awesome. It's really funny that 
we're, you know, we're, Gwen is basically uh, doing this thing with Marion. She's going on dates with Horatio. The book is called You Vampire. <laughs> and does she ever meet vampires in this? Ever? <laughs> it's mostly Horatio and Diogenes uh, facing against the vampires. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. It's weird. Um, I mean, even with the cover art, I mean, there's her stuck in vampire teeth. There's, uh, there's one where she seems to be in the thrall of three vampires on the cover, but yet inside there's, she doesn't deal with the vampires at all. <laughs> well, you know, I haven't read many comics, but I would think that that's not uncommon. Hmm. Let's go into issue nine playing games. Um, we got Scott playing this version of D and D. We have Gwen and Horatio playing miniature golf. That miniature golf is terrifying because one of the things that Ellie's sitting on is a gigantic clown head. And I was like, ah, <laughs> when I saw it. Ooh, no. And, uh, yeah, right off the bat, we get another gay reference. Uh, Vincent making a crack is a bit homophobic, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Vincent saying that uh, Scott won't have them over his house because of all his gay porn. <laughs> Prediction. Vincent is the one that is gay. Oh, there you go. (laughs) That would be kind of typical, huh? (laughs) Mm. Um, We have a flashback with uh, uh, Diogenes remembering Horatio and Bethany. And Bethany already uh, uh, has won over my heart because of the pun that she says. (laughs) Where the zookeeper, like she had to go take a oversoul, exercise an oversoul from an elephant and the zookeeper asks, why is the elephant out of its cage? And she said she had to exercise it. <laughs> that was in there just for you, Robin. <laughs> Diagenes is like, puns are one of the main reasons I work alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> also, I like this uh, the, the panel where Gwen gets the flashback during miniature golf, where it's like half her face melts off and her eyeball explodes out of her head. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. She finds out that Trisha came home after her boyfriend died, and Marion just basically says, Oh, I'm happy you weren't pregnant. <laughs> Not good, Marion. <laughs> Marion is a terrible mother. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, what Gwen says here about uh, the flashbacks. She says, um, I'm, light-headed. I'm lightheaded when I don't eat, and I'm crazy-headed when I do. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's pretty cool that she's... I mean, she's tortured. She's tortured either way. Right. She can, just cannot have a normal life. Yeah. And apparently she can only uh, ingest, besides brains, uh, coffee and chocolate. <laughs> Which actually is pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, hey, if that's, all you had, if that's really all I had to eat, I think I'd be fine. <laughs> I'd be very malnutrition, I imagine, but yeah, I'd be fine otherwise. <laughs> we also find out in this comic that uh, uh, Galatia is... Um, distributing some sort of drug that we find out more of in the next issue. And, uh, yeah, Horatio and Gwen end up having a little moment at the end of this comic and uh, end up making out. Aww. Gwen's very forward. She does the whole leg-in-the-lap move. <laughs> like, it's on. <laughs> so I wonder in the future, will we see I like Gwen? them together. Yeah. I wonder if um, she'll ever be tempted to not eat brains. Hmm. Probably. Oh, we mean like how, like, on. Jeez, I'm going to bring this up. I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> like on Twilight, how eventually they can, like, they could, like, control <laughs> the urge no to drink the blood. <laughs> I mean, like that. Is that you're kind of talking about? Like, she could control it eventually? I don't know. I don't remember Twilight. <laughs> I don't remember. But, what you're, I mean, yeah, what you're saying. I mean. No, I I'm saying, like, it's torturous for her to eat brains because of. It's gross. Yeah, well, number one, it's gross. And number two, <laughs> dealing with the pain of these flash, these flashes of memory of these people. So it's I like wonder, a voice in her head constantly, too. Yeah, so I wonder if there'll ever be a time where she's like, oh, forget this, let me just not eat brains, and I'll just be brain dead, and I won't even know, you know, my existence. And we still have... Yeah, she'd just be a brainless shambling zombie. I mean, nobody wants to lose their mind, though. That's the thing. Like, I, I can't imagine her just being like, whatever. I'm just going to... I mean, unless something terrible happens and she'd rather just forget everything. Yeah. That could be an interesting plot point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we still have the, the whole um, uh, offer from John Amon saying, hey, you know, you can come do Dexter stuff with me and uh, we'll uh, get rid of some bad guys and give you some brains. 
<laughs> but uh, she still hasn't given into that. Um, let's move on to issue number 10, Next of Kin, where um, Gwen goes uh, goes on the college campus of uh, University of Oregon. Uh, go Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, is it <laughs> the U- University of Oregon Ducks? Is that the yeah, team's name? Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, okay. They're fun to watch. Like, I'm not crazy about football, but um, me either. They live in Chicago where the Bears are. You can <laughs> draw your own conclusion on that one. <laughs> but watching the Ducks, that's uh, their uh, uniforms. See, Nike was originated there, and so they get a lot of money from Nike. And mm. that, so they wear a lot of different uniforms uh, they're just really cool uniforms, and they're just a fast-paced uh, team, and they're fun mm-hmm. to watch. And I could tell from some of the panels, you know, it's as if, uh, you know, I'm sure this is one of the places that Mike visited or, you know, drew from memory or looked at pictures of because it looks like an actual college campus that looks pretty realistic, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we find out that it's been yeah. about five or six months since Gwen died. Um, and Trisha is in, uh, some trouble cause she needs some money more on that. Uh, later. well, I mean, we see, see that Trisha tries to, um, get a job from, um, Galatia and gets turned down. She's already got vampire Claire working for her. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, they're really hammering down on this gay thing again. Yeah. <laughs> because Ellie possesses. Somebody looks like Foggy Nelson and uh, tries to kiss. <laughs> I wrote that in my notes, Robin. I said Ellie possessed as Foggy Nelson, which for, for Ashley and Steph is a character from Daredevil, which is Daredevil's law partner and best friend. And this character in this comic looks just like Foggy Nelson. It's eerie. So I'm glad Robin noticed as well. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to learn those characters. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so wait, wait, when is Daredevil premiere on Netflix? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Okay. The we actual premiere date is. We maybe. think it's May, but there's no answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two twenty twenty fifteen uh, 15 at the moment is the answer, but we. It's the same premiere date as iZombie. So. Okay. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, that, I actually thought of this, this scene when you guys were asking earlier if, uh, I forget, I think it was Ashley, if, uh, people can see Ellie as a ghost. Uh-huh. I mean, Ellie, like, jumps out of this guy's body and he's like, huh? <laughs> and then he just kind of turns around and leaves. Did he actually see a ghost jump out of his body and then, <laughs> I don't know, I wonder how long he, sh- she was in him? Oh. Yeah, because it says, what the heck am I doing here? He doesn't remember getting to that point. I think he's yeah. just confused and he just walks off. Right. So we get more about uh, Galatia. Claire helps her g- drive to the morgue and buy a body. And she says she's not a drug dealer and these bodies aren't dead. So That's um, creepy. Yeah. More on that in the next issue. But um, also uh, Gwen uh, talks to Trisha, who thought she was dead. And Trisha is... Does Trisha come off like a bitch here? Like, a bitch. She's like, yeah. whatever. How, how did you come back from the dead? Screw my mother. And where's... I miss my boyfriend. Maybe it's just the boyfriend thing is more fresh in her mind. Because, you know, he's quote-unquote dead. I don't know, but her mom's still dead. Yeah. And we still don't know how she yeah. died. I mean, she got burnt alive. Did Trisha kill her? Ooh, I don't know. I'm just going to throw that theory down right now. Trisha killed her mother. <laughs> so, there you go. We find out that the drugs that uh, Galatia was supplying, um, she tells, by the way, she tells John Amon all this um, while he's in his tracksuit, which is must be his undercover gear. Yeah, that's a terrible color to wear <laughs> to stalk somebody in the middle of the night. It's orange tracksuit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, Galadia actually tells uh, Claire this. The drugs that she was supplying um, puts them into, puts these people into hibernation that's like death, much like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> and um, they, yeah. they, it looks like they're dead, and then Galatia ends up taking them, and then now she's giving them to Claire to, here, have yourself a snack, but don't kill them. <laughs> oh, that's what her plan was. But what she's going to do with these near-dead bodies, uh, we don't know yet. Um, Nothing good. No. 
we find out more in the next issue, but let me just... Uh, anything else in this issue? Got Nemia. Um, Nemia getting Horatio to come try to save uh, Diogenes. She says, it's all funny games until you tried start, started to cut into the bottom line. So she's all about business. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we have Ellie meeting Gramps at the end of this issue saying, how cute! And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, uh, Gwen, when, as she's talking to Trisha, she realizes in her memories there's another child there, and it's Gavin. She realizes she has a brother. Yep. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, Horatio realizes that Diogenes is missing. Yes. Well, that's when Nemia calls and says, come get your boy, basically. Oh, Okay. Um, the last, well, the second to last issue, the last issue of basically the whole arc, and then we get into our side story or whatever, um, bargaining, number 11, so Gwen kind of fails in trying to patch up things between the mother and daughter, and yeah, we find out uh, Claire's origin here, where she was the worst roommate. (laughs) (laughs) The worst roommate. That's true. (laughs) Super messy, just uh, pizza boxes laying around. <laughs> Her hair was then, so boring before she was a vampire. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. It's just kind of dull. <laughs> when you become a vampire, you get fabulous hair. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened with uh, with uh, Angel in Angel. He got fabulous hair after he became a vampire. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. We've seen his hair when he was Liam. It wasn't good. <laughs> Um, and then she gets bit, and then she bites her whole study group. So <laughs> she ends up being um, the host to every everybody in that group. And, uh, yeah, we get a little bit of a cliffhanger here where we finally tie it back to Gwen. Um, Nemia tells Horatio, you know, we're going to just do our business, and we won't kill anybody. You're going to leave us all alone, and we're going to give you information on the zombie problem. Dun-dun-dun. Um, we have Gwen spying on Gavin. We see that her friend Darius from Devil's Lake is actually the person who's running the comic shop. So that was cool how that tied in. Oh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it looks like we're going cosmic here, guys, because, uh, Galadia is telling, um, John at Dixie's that there's a convergence coming. Zitalo, the great devourer, the end of all things that travels between worlds and, you know, can destroy everything. She's going to try trapping him in human flesh and controlling him and become a god herself. Oh, that's her end game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this weird, like, cosmic monster that seems to be, like, in that panel, like, breaking through reality. That's really pretty. I like that. <laughs> and I love I loved how... Um, they just kind of transfer between panels towards the end here because Galatia is like, wants John to pretty much either leave her alone or join her. And she's like, listen, we made sacrifices, but they were treated with the most, the utmost respect. And then it cuts to Claire and she's like, burp, damn, Francisco, you were tasty. (laughs) (laughs) And then we cut to Trisha sobbing. She's crying over her boyfriend. And a uh, little Nemia comes along and offers her a job. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and um, yeah, John tries to get a hold of Gwen, and she's like, "Meh, let's go to Dixie's." <laughs> so that's pretty much where our whole story le- uh, leaves off. And then we get this um, this last issue, Ghost Stories, issue twelve, where um, we have a guest artist here. We, it's not actually Mike Allred doing this uh, issue. It is Gilbert Hernandez. <laughs> The artist for uh, indie comic Love and Rockets. I guess that's a pretty popular one. I've never. So it's like in the style of Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> yeah. Harry the Happy Ghost, Zoe Zombie, and Woof the Wolf, wolf Boy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're all telling stories. I mean, Ellie tells this these these shining girls, <laughs> these twins, um, about Harriet, and they're not not impressed. And then we have Mary Howard, um, an Indian, there telling her telling about. This freaking weird story. Did you guys, like, sit and read this? Yeah, it was really hard to grasp. Yeah, it was kind of... This one was a little bit more difficult to understand, I think. Uh-huh. I wrote, like... I tried to s- summarize it here in my notes. Is chief is The chief is killed by Skookum, which I guess is a bear. 
Um, the wife got away, was pregnant, raised the son who hunted the bear, and then he put an axe in a tree and told the bear to hold the the cleft in the, the tree open. And then he pulled the axe out and it caught his claws. And then um, he the son killed the skookum, which releases all the souls. And the chief is just like, I don't know you. <laughs> and so the son's like, screw this, I'm turning it into a fish. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there, Robin. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> Happens the best of us. You kill Skookum and your father's soul is finally released <laughs> and your father totally doesn't even recognize you. So you're like, screw it, I'm going to be a fish. <laughs> what? Anyway. Maybe that's what Indian, oh, Native American stories are like. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if that's based on a real story. I didn't look it up or anything. Um, and we got... Uh, a racist uh, cowboy Smitty here <laughs> talking about how the Asians used to uh, uh, abduct people, used to quote unquote Shanghai people um, to work on their ships, and then one came back as a zombie. And there's these tunnels under Portland that the zombies infested until these two uh, monster hunters were all wearing white. Um, one Asian with a sword, and then like a cowboy with guns um, killing all the zombies. So. Yeah. So uh, Horatio and Diogenes, are these their ancestors or are these? They're all part of this Fosser Corporation that's been, that's gone back all the way back to Egyptian times. So I guess Smitty must have heard a story about them Mm -hmm. uh, and it sounds a bit warped, but (laughs) yeah. So we get Ellie's story here where uh, the father, her father had PTSD from World War II and Ellie was the only thing that um, made him happy when, when, you know, his wife had a baby and he just like focused on her. But as a result... Like, he wouldn't let her do anything, wouldn't let her do any sports, wouldn't let her go trick-or-treating even. And um, when she graduated high school, he was like, you need to go to college around here, you can't leave this town, blah, 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 blah. And her mother got into a huge argument with the father, and um, Ellie ends up staying there for two years after high school. And then she finally runs away, and like she said previously in the other comic, when she got to the bus station, she was basically hit by a bus. That's all. <laughs> yes. Really sad. And so it's so sad that she can't go anywhere, and that's that what really she wanted to yeah. And then her father died like seven years later um, after the mother left him, and um, we, his ghost never shows up. So Ellie is at the family grave. The mother's still alive, by the way, I noticed. Um, and she notices a little movement in the earth. Um, nearby, mm-hmm. and it's Gwen coming back from the dead, and that's when Ellie meets Gwen. And they're BFFs and... from then on. <laughs> and uh, and she's like, "Hi, how are you? Who, who are you?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm Gwen Gwendolyn." And Ellie's like, "Oh, hi, Gwendolyn." <laughs> so Gwendolyn. She <laughs> that's kind of funny. I mean, at least she kind of understands. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it is this whole thing where, you know, Smitty was, uh, Smitty was talking about these zombies and everybody's like, whatever, zombies, never heard of them or they're not real or whatever. And, you know, and then all of a sudden she meets Gwen and she's like, oh my God, they are real. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's it for the comic. Whew. That's it for that. And now we just have to wait for the show. No, nope. We have two more comics to go through. We do? <laughs> yeah, we got two more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we do? Why don't I know that? There's th- there's there's four trade paperbacks. We've gone through two of them. We have. Yeah, you okay with that, Ash? Yeah, I don't, I'm just, I'm just stupid. I don't know how I didn't realize it. <laughs> Our next trade paperback we're going to be covering is uh, Six Feet Under and Rising, which collects the issues 13 through 18. And uh, I'll read the summary here. Um, this collection features the real time storyline: Five Brains, Five Months which follows the team as they uncover mystery after mystery over the course of a five-month period. Um, some details here. Spots tumbles into a cemetery sinkhole full of hungry creatures. Gwen's monster hunter boyfriend might uncover her big secrets. And the dead presidents arrive, intent on taking names in the city infested with skee-ball fanatics, <laughs> mad scientists, and shambling zombies. Um, are the dead presidents Patrick Swayze's gang from Point Break of his oh. gang of bank robbers? They were called the dead presidents. If Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves show up in this, or there's a Point Break, you know, reference, That'd be kind of cool, I'll be I really think. happy. 
I am an FBI agent. Agent. <laughs> um, let's hope. <laughs> um, the comics are called Arrivals and Exits, The Full Circle, Going Down, Rising, Falling, and then finally Vampire Queen of the Amazon. <laughs> so, look Vampire that. Claire. Yeah. Ooh, will Vampire Claire be the queen of the Amazon? We'll find out. I'm the queen of shopping on Amazon, so, you know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if you were a Transformer, you'd be Amazon Prime. All right, then. Uh, yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get our plugs in, and then we'll get the heck out of here. Um, Claire, where can we find you, and where can we follow you, and all that? Um, you can follow me pretty much everywhere as Maya Fire, M-A-I-A-F-I-R-E, so Twitter and Facebook and, and and Etsy and Live Journal from many, many years ago, probably. <laughs> um, and you can find me on the Intro to X podcast, where we're covering X Files. We're about halfway through, so that's, it's a good time. You are. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we haven't got to the movies yet, though. Um, you can find me on old episodes of CarniCast, which covers Carnival. And next year, you can find me on the Defenders cast or Defenders podcast or. A, a title kind of like that. We haven't decided yet. <laughs> Ashley? I'm here on the DVM podcast, Empire. I am on the Walking Dead podcast and the Elementary podcast, which are both going on now. So look for me there. We actually just recorded a new episode for Elementary last night. Ooh. So yes. Awesome. Elementary. That is actually a Sherlock Holmes. It's about a Sherlock Holmes, yeah. Right. It's on CBS. <laughs> on Thursdays uh, at 9 Central. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, Steph, where can we find you? Uh, potential cast. We're finishing up season six of Buffy. And hopefully soon we'll finish, we'll get to season seven and finish it so we can move on back to Angel. What do, what do we leave off at the end of season two? We'll be picking up on season three. Yep. Yeah, I'm ready to get That'd back to Angel. Redemption cast. Redemption cast, sorry. And uh, Twitter, twitter.com. What? Steph's at Steph Smith. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, you can find me on Twitter at L Robin Um, you can find me, uh, occasionally like pretty much every other week guesting on the walking dead podcast. Are you on this week or no? No. Right. Wait, no, I don't, I don't know what day. We're no, doing. it's next week. Yeah, I have no clue what day we're doing it, but yeah, we're, um, I think we're doing it. You do it when we do it Tuesdays, I believe, right? Or it all yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I do it when you do it Mondays. Mondays, we're doing Tuesday. I think this. I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> um, it's really based on Dave's schedule. Dave the clone, the hand of the king. Yes, the hand of the emperor. Um, <laughs> where else can you find me? I'm guesting on Intro to X this week. You'll probably find that as the episode for Chinga. And uh, where else? I'm here and there. Redemption cast, whenever that comes back. Potential cast, sometimes, I guess. <sighs> Anything else? Uh, Defenders. Oh, yeah. There's a Defenders podcast coming next year. Thank you for listening to the season one episode of the Eyes on Me podcast with Robin and Steph. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. We posted that link, as well as others, on our home on the web, eyesombiepodcast.com. There you'll find links to our Twitter and Facebook pages. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash eyesombiepodcast. Finally, send your feedback in to eyesombiepodcast at gmail.com. The Eyes Zombie Podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please, do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. And remember, a mind is a terrible thing to taste.